Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Do 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 do. Am I ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast. This is Coffee Time Wednesdays. Uh, speaking of Coffee Time Wednesdays, my wife and I are starting a coffee shop here soon. And Shameless plug. You're not allowed to say what it is. We're not. No, ain't saying what <laughs> it is. Kidding. I ain't saying what it is because I didn't pay for a sponsorship, but someone did. That's and right. We like them. Uh, two Rivers like Coffee. Like a lot. Yeah, they're Wild great. Rivers. That's what I said. You said Two Rivers. Oh, sorry. I was just at a coffee shop called Two Rivers recently. So Wild Wait, Rivers. You got to edit that now because now you gave them free. Free. Oh yeah. Now <laughs> look, Two Rivers. If you were going to keep this in, you need to pay us. No, no, Two Rivers. It was a good coffee shop, but uh, Wild Rivers Coffee. They do an incredible job. But you didn't let me finish my story. Look, my wife and I are starting a coffee shop, so we've been tasting lots of different kinds of coffees from like some of. We tasted coffee from uh, the coffee shop that got number six in the I United States. I insist that you taste test some cat poop coffee. Look, if you're really dedicated to your here's job. Here's the deal. If a listener really wants me to, I promise I will if you send it to me. I promise but I I'm not won't. trying to pay. I'm not trying to pay $50 to taste coffee that I might throw up drinking. Like, just the idea. It, let me finish my story. I don't, I don't think it's that cheap. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, fit, it's for like basically a cup for like two ounces, you, 50 bucks. It's expensive. But we looked it up once a while ago. Anyway, uh, so we've been tasting a lot of coffee. And of the coffees we've tasted, Wild Rivers, fantastico. Way up there in terms of like of the top three. And not only that, if you buy some of their coffee, they, uh, they give to conservation based on which coffee you pick, which is so clever. And fun. I yeah. really like that. Great ga- uh, great uh, bag design. It's one of those like trendy ones that you have on your counter. And then your, your, pe- your yeah, friends come over. You're proud of how it looks. Then what? You're proud of how it looks. Yeah. Your friends come over and they're like, whoa, what's that kind of coffee? Yeah. You let them know how you're better than them for drinking this coffee and helping the world. Um, yeah. I think we joked about this, but it's true. If you're a hoarder, when you finish off that bag of coffee, you're not going to throw it away. No. Because it's like art. No. And if you're a hoarder, please get help. But also, you might keep the bag because it's cool. <laughs> yeah, Wild Rivers is going to have to get, like, the little uh, branding blur put over their bags on, like, A&E's new season of hoarders because they're going to go into people's houses yeah. and they're all going to have, oh, like, Wild so Rivers coffee bags. That's funny. So. Guys, so help me if uh, if I don't have the first episode of the Water Podcast up this Friday – I'm going to take $100 from Kent. That's a promise. No, so. we will hold Nicholas down and make him drink the cat crap coffee. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I am getting very close. I've probably got a full day's worth uh, of work to put into it. Yeah, was, sounds like you better stay till five today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I'm working at a coffee shop. I got, I got contractors there that need my help. Um, at 545 at five, yeah when all contractors are working on job sites at dinner time man can I'm we just i'm gonna go ahead and call call uh your uh, contractor and tell him to go home early <laughs> there's no <laughs> sense in leaving now nick yeah. he's already gone <laughs> man well uh no for real try the coffee uh they have uh sponsored us and we were proud to get sponsorship yeah, absolutely we we're really excited and we it is great tasting coffee my wife and i enjoy it just had some today Cool. And yesterday. Well, Kent, 
What do you got? Uh, well, first of all, I got a fact. Oh, you got a fact. It is frigidly freezing outside. In fact, let's go ahead and just look at Are you going to do some trivia? Do I get to guess the fact? Sure. I mean, I wasn't planning for that, but yeah, sure. Yeah, let's yeah. go for it. You always put me through that. <laughs> so, uh, it is Kent doesn't currently like questioned. <laughs> it's currently 7 degrees outside. Okay, that's kind of warm. That's very warm <laughs> yeah. for the last few days. Um, when I woke up this morning, I think it was negative 14. Wow. Um, so, you know, 21 degree increase since i woke up yeah that's the same difference between freezing temperatures and 53 degrees so this crazy cold uh caused me to be uh surprised by something i just had the incredibly uh what's the right adjective here um the incredibly privileged opportunity to use our porta john just moments ago yeah wow and uh, i'm worried about this trivia and uh i used the hand sanitizer as one should after going to the restroom and it wasn't frozen and it was not frozen which then prompted me to think what, what is the freezing point what for, is the for hands point? now you know di- different hand sanitizers are going to have different ingredients and so yeah. forth but i did find in a quick google search which nick i i can't see i didn't see is not, is not looking at so if i get this right i freaking nailed uh, this it. is from microbe solutions llc so it sounds legit right <laughs> <laughs> it's just the first google hit anybody can set up an llc can. <laughs> that's right so uh what is your uh, what's the I'm freezing not, i'm not thinking it looks so good now because i don't think <laughs> I don't think their uh, claim for well, I don't know. I don't want to make this company look bad, but I, I gotta verify that what this translates to in Celsius is in fact correct because it does not seem correct. But I, I mean, I've never been a Fahrenheit to Celsius conversion whiz. So yeah, but uh, what do you think it is in degrees Fahrenheit? The Fahrenheit point? negative forty-five. That's very good. Is uh, it close? It says. In some cases, some formulations of hand sanitizer will start to freeze at around negative 35. More often, it will need to get down to negative 50 degrees. Whoa. So that was a very good I guess. I kind of nailed it. Well, the reason is when I was younger, I remember my mom wiping uh, the windshield uh, with like the spray, the like windshield wiper spray. Yeah. And it was like negative 10. It was very, very cold. And I said like, why isn't that freezing? My uncle said... Because that stuff doesn't freeze till negative forty degrees. So yeah, that's and right. I figured, yeah. well, that's chemicals. These are chemicals. So <laughs> everything's all, chemicals. Oh uh, yeah, all all chemicals don't freeze till negative forty five. Negative forty. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't try that out. But pretty good at chemistry. But yeah, so you know, it was, it's cold. Uh, it's very cold. I'm wearing four pairs of pants. In no way is that an exaggeration. That is just straight truth. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Pair of shorts, pair of uh, sweatpants, another pair of sweatpants, and my jeans. And I've got two pair of fuzzy socks on I got for Christmas. Yeah, it's it's uh, very cold right now. It was negative. I think the lowest I saw over the last several days, which I just was able to get out to civilization again as of today. Uh, I spent, what was it, like five days snowed in at my house before a plow came through yeah he was sending us texts like please send help my <laughs> wife keeps hitting me it's just like <laughs> crazy stuff we don't have any more food <laughs> i had to eat one of our cats and they had a lot of coffee in its intestines <laughs> it's like crazy stuff <laughs> a lot of coffee. can you eat these beans first <laughs> uh, anyways <sighs> yeah anyways my uh, topic for today is uh an ongoing uh 
I guess kind of a legal battle, kind of. Uh, it will probably get to the point that it steps right. into the courts, right? Not, yeah, not legal in a sense. Like, I don't think there's been any lawsuits filed. I'm sure it's been threatened. Um, but just as far as, like, lobbying for legislators to make new laws, yep. that's the kind of legal battle we're talking about in the ag world, which is right to repair. Beautiful. And, and um, a former colleague of mine, shout out to Tom. Tom, you know who you are. And uh, Tom sent me an article on this, and uh, the article is titled, and it's, by, it's from NPR, uh, it's titled, Michigan Hopes to Be the Second State to Give Farmers the Right to Repair. Mm. And so uh, uh, it's by uh, Lester Graham, and uh, it just came out a few days ago. Uh, the article uh, mentioned, and I didn't know this, but uh, we've talked about right to repair before. I think actually Peyton was the first one to talk about it on the podcast. Um, Colorado. RIP. <laughs> Peyton, we still we still love you, or at least mostly like you. Yeah. No, we still um, we, we still. I talked to him on the phone the other day. He said uh, Tell, he sends me funny uh, reels all the time. Dang it. He doesn't do Well, he does occasionally. Yeah, he does occasionally. And uh, he wanted me to give a shout out on the podcast, remind you guys that he exists and he loves you all. So Yeah. So good old Peyton, he was the first one to bring it up, I believe. But uh, since that time, Colorado passed a right to repair law. Uh, so according to the article, farmers there are able to work on their own stuff. By that, I mean when they buy brand new equipment. And uh, Nicholas did a pretty good job talking about this earlier with like as far as all the additional like non-combine technology that goes into a combine now you know it's like it's like at first it was a big deal when a combine got a cup holder now we're at like you know do the new ones that's have, funny do the new ones have a jacuzzi no I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just it's just like you know like the wi-fi and and uh i'm sure some of the, like the field mapping technology with with gps and so forth and just like a you know uh computer an off-site computer adjustment software you know like like hey we can here at the dealership see that this is going on with your combine allow us to help you type thing right there's there's like different monitoring things um everything is just so much more i mean you even don't just see this in like ag but in cars as well right um think of how many vehicles now have a uh you know a touch screen uh, like, uh, what do you call it? A monitor, like in the front, you know, like a tablet mounted on in the dash that controls all sorts of different things about your, you know, from the, the climate inside the cabin of the vehicle to the, you know, are you listening to music? You listen to a podcast, you listen to, you know, the radio, nobody listens to that, no, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you, like everything is controlled there, right. On that tablet and everything's becoming more and more like a computer experience. And the same thing is true with, with, um, farm equipment. And really when you look at, I mean, it's amazing what exists as far as technology goes in the ag world now. I mean, look at drone planting and spraying yeah. going precision on. ag, dude, right. It's, it's like a whole new industry of trying to eliminate human error right yes which and, is not a bad endeavor you know yeah and we've even talked before about like the uh 
self-operating, you know, like the autonomous. The laser uh, weed killer. Well, there's that, but also like the combines they were testing out in South America um, like six months oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And fully it, autonomous. Yeah, and so like stuff is is becoming much more computerized. And that opens up the door for some like, uh, you know, how much when you buy that combine that has those capabilities, you know, how much rights do you have to everything that comes in that package, right? Yeah. There's there's like, uh, you know, I cannot think of the very basic term right now. The the um, Software, intellectual, intellectual IP. property. Yep. Yeah, IP. Uh, you know, and, and we've seen that before in ag with like uh, hybrids, right? For, for uh, corn... Yeah. especially for our soybeans every year we have to sign a thing yeah. saying that corn we, and soybean we hybrids were, we got permission to use your ip yeah and you you can't you know be like a seed saver like oh i'm gonna hold back enough of my my grain from the year before so i can replant the following year no you don't own you don't technically own that grain for for replanting right like there's been all this talk is what i'm saying that goes on and uh this is you know, to me, it's a symptom of just like the bigger problem that has been plaguing uh, farms ever since the small farm model died, right? Hmm. To get in part, it, to get a piece of the large industrialized farm system that exists, you lose more control, hmm. you know, and from whether it's you know buying your seed or now harvesting your seed you know in your combine and and that's really what's that's you know at play here and granted i understand like there's people like that's all they've ever known you know if you get into farming now if you're like you know what, i'm just gonna i'm gonna gr grow corn and soybeans here in iowa and it's not gonna be organic and it's not gonna you know all that like you're in the system, right? And mm -hmm. there's going to be like you, yes, you could be using old equipment and doing that, but you're still going to be playing by the, the seed, you know, the seed producers rules for yeah. corn and soybeans, you know? And so it's going to exist in some way, but, you know, I think too, that there's, there's, you know, different ways to deal with a, a problem that you don't like. And obviously, collectively the voice for farmers um has been uh hey um we don't like this right we want to we want to be able to work on our own equipment and it's ridiculous like the example the example that um was given here in the story was uh there was a farmer um in michigan so again, the article is about how Michigan is becoming is trying to become the second state to pass a right to repair law. So they interviewed a, a Michigan farmer who uh, farms uh, 1,800 acres, and he said that he got a uh, um, computer error that showed up on his his tractor on the dashboard, and the tractor wasn't operating correctly, and the only way he was allowed to address the problem was he had to call the dealership, which was over an hour away, like an hour and 15 minutes away. I think the article said, and so they had to send a tech out from, from uh, the dealership 
mm-hmm. which he has to pay for that hour and 15 of drive time. They got there, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's this uh, loose wire right here. Let me go ahead and plug that back in for you. Plugged in that wire, got, you know, went back home, got to pay for his mileage home, and he got an $800 bill for mm. for inserting that one wire back into place. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if we had a loose wire here on one of our, you know, let's say our AC 185, one of our 185s that we have, which we use all the time, right? Yep. Uh, Carol would would go and he'd like maybe undo a couple screws or something, reach back in there. Oh yeah, here it's you know this this came loose and plug it back in, and we're not only we spent whatever it cost to pay Carol here at Hoxie, you know, for twenty minutes of his time, but we're also back up and running in twenty minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and. Uh, so, like, I understand the complaint for sure. Like, it is a very reasonable thing to be annoyed that that is reality for those for, for farmers. However, I think instead of just saying, hey, we need to make a law that prevents companies from doing this, I think as farmers, we need to, mm. with our dollars, demand better. Yeah. And say, you know what? Farmers I'm- are saying, hey, we want our cake and we want to eat it too. And you're saying, hey, you can have the cake, but if you want to keep capitalism and move away from a full like because they're if you want to regain control they're like moving in the direction of giving all the control to the government taking it away from bigger companies well, not just the government. the government but to big companies as well right so it's like john deere gets to so so right now john deere gets to say yeah you can't fix that yeah so they have control well then either you continue to keep buying their stuff and keep yeah. giving them control. Or you like you said, you can say, Hey, government, I want to give you control instead. I want you to step in and say, whereas the real control is a private company needs money to operate. And yeah. I'm sorry, but the product that you're offering me makes no sense to me yeah. that I can't just plug in this this wire, yeah. get it back and running in twenty minutes instead I have to wait yeah. hours and maybe days where I'm shut down and I got to pay you a big steep fee that I could have easily done. I want to play. Well, Sorry. so I'm just saying like, you know, I think that we should make our choices with our dollars in a way that, yeah. that reflects that. Like, Hey, uh, well, as long as that's going to be your policy, yeah, you make great equipment and everything. Yeah. But I think I'm just going to keep my old combine until, until this problem doesn't exist anymore what i want to reiterate that you're saying is right now um farmers are the little brother and they got two bigger brothers and they one is is uh larger agricultural companies where they're getting their seed from where they're getting their equipment from right um and the other is the government and they're not liking something that the big companies are doing so they're running to their other big bigger brother saying like hey can you get get another bigger brother in check here. Um, and like, yeah, that might fix this problem for a moment, but you're creating a bigger monster because you're giving that other older brother more power when there's a better solution. Right. And which is, well, and you still, you're still only fighting with a symptom of the overall problem, which that's is, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So you're, you're putting on a bandaid, but there's a better solution, which is to actually clean out that wound by, by voting with your dollar and something that and regaining I, some control. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When when because because yeah, your $30,000 doesn't mean that much to John Deere, but 
10,000 of you guys is $30,000. That means a lot to John Deere. And um, I think it was a poor move on John Deere's part because now from like an oh, I, yeah, from yeah. Like I'm, a, not, I'm not saying that that farmers don't have yeah, a, a but, legitimate but complaint. Let, let me finish here. I, I'm not saying that the American farmer, or I'm saying the American farmer used to say, hey, John Deere, you are a part of our, our icon. You are part of our household. You are not only a household name. You are uh, our household family. You are our friend. And you're kind of like getting annoying. You know, you're kind of not doing your dishes when, when you're, you've been here a long time. It's time for you to do your dishes after you eat a meal yeah. with us. And, uh, and I think that John Deere kind of, you know, it was just a poor publicity move. They saw money to be made, but it was at a major cost. So in my opinion, John Deere really needs to apologize or we're on it or we're going to, they're going to hit a snowball that will be very, very hard to stop. Um, and, um, cause there's other quote unquote bigger, uh, ag companies, but I think if I remember correctly, case is like an $8 billion company case IH. It's like an $8 billion company and John Deere is like a $125 billion company. Mm -hmm. So like there's no, that's borderline a monopoly, you know, at that point in the United States. And, um, and I think cases is a good, you know, is a good company does good things. I think John Deere does really good things in terms of great quality products. products, Yeah. Another thing I want to do devil's advocate and I'll have to push mine till next week because it's, it is very interesting, but, um, Nick likes talking money. I I do. And government talking money and government. Cause I think, because I think education is a straight up socialist. That's I, that I, I think everyone, <laughs> all the world's wealth should be distributed evenly. That would be that would mean if you have more than forty five hundred dollars, then your money would be taken away until you only have forty five hundred dollars. In case you're wondering, that's what pure socialism would be. Everyone would get forty five hundred dollars. I did the math. I literally did the math. Oh, really? Time. Yeah. There's forty five hundred dollars per person in the world right now. Hmm. Um, and that's not just cash value. That's like assets, cars, houses, stuff like that. So if you have like a house and a car and $50,000, you're <laughs> losing a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, my, uh, my 2006 truck has to go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's about all you'll keep though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can have two of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like totally Ford or Chevy, Chevy. Nah, you keep that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, something that doesn't that really doesn't make sense to me is the, I don't, how long can John Deere get away with selling a farmer, a new combine every two years? Because now you've got a backlog of combines and then pretty soon dealers who are the real losers on this situation, because a farmer leases it for three years. Now they've got a combine who's been leased for three years, used very roughly. And you know how like most of the value on a car is taken when you drive off the lot. Same thing with new farm equipment, right? As soon as you add some hours. So um, who's paying for all that loss? The dealer, the middleman in between the farmer. And and so pretty soon these dealers are going to have stockpiles of not old, but older equipment. And they're going to start cutting out the knees in terms of price from the new stuff. Oh, you can get this brand new combine for $500,000. I've got a three-year-old one for $75,000. What, what farmer is, you know, so there's this pile of equipment, huge pile of equipment that's stocking up. I don't, I just don't see how it's sustainable because we're not getting new farmers. There's not like up and coming farmers adding to it. You know, I think that's sadly how it's been sustainable is like, it makes sense to get bigger equipment if you're constantly like if it constantly becomes a game of fewer farmers, more land farm, you know, yeah. more land farmed by fewer farmers. I, but John Deere's got to see this coming. I wonder if there's a program where they buy back 
the combines and just totally reuse all the parts because they're them or something. yeah they're, they're in perfect condition they just yeah, add on know. new outside i don't know i don't know but um it is interesting the i also want to play devil's advocate here a little bit i definitely don't agree with for the most part big companies being like hey you can't uh, you can't work on the stuff that you bought. You don't fully, you don't own every aspect of yes. what you bought. Yes. But on another level, we use a program called pipe drive to keep track of all of our customers. Mm-hmm. I can't go on the back end of pipe drive. It's a software, right? These, uh, these combines are filled with so much software. So, um, I can't go into the back end of those websites and change it. Same thing. I can't go in the back end of these combines and change it. If I would have, op- I had a, a Nintendo GameCube growing up. Played that video game, video games on it all the time. If you are to, if you open it up in the first year, like open it up to look at the wires and stuff, your warranty is immediately void, mm. right? So um, I think there's something to do with that. If I, I I read about it several months ago when we talked about it, but I think there's something to do with that where when the um, like, it's not that you can't tinker with it, but they can shut off the software to your combine and say, hey, your warranty's void. Great. It's your equipment. Do what you want with it. Well, now it's like basically useless because all those beautiful features you paid for and probably are still paying for because software is paid for on a subscription, right? Mm-hmm. You probably pay yeah. a yearly thousands of dollar fee um, on that subscription. Well, now you don't get that anymore. And so that's yeah. where I go with you. I think the best solution is to vote with your dollar, have a little bit older stuff. And um, well, and also, yeah, you know, why does all of that? So, so like, why do, why does that dependence on that software exist? Because the consumer says, yeah, we'll pay for that. Yeah. You know, and yes, it definitely is helpful to have a lot of that stuff. Like it definitely makes life easier when, when, you know, let's go back to the car example. Is life easier when, you know, all on one touch screen, you can quickly cycle through, okay, yeah, I want my GPS pulled up right now. Okay, I know where I'm going. Now I want to go over to back to my podcast. You know, is that easier than having to make sure your phone is connected to the Bluetooth and then pulling out your phone, unlocking your phone and, and doing all that stuff? It sure is. It's way easier. Yeah. But that car now because it has that extra technology built into it i mean let's let's think of like you know so i talked about my 2006 truck which works great right it's a it's a honda ridgeline i know a lot of you out there you call that a truck yeah i know i know i know but it gets it gets me around haul stuff around when i need to all that stuff right works great there's very little technology on that truck right but let's say if it had a touchscreen in it from 2006 or let's let's even say let's go back to an iPhone, which I don't even think an iPhone came out to 2007. Yeah. Let's say let's look at an iPhone from 2007, and let's try and use that iPhone today in 2024. That thing would be so clunky and like it just wouldn't work, right? Yeah. And that's the other vulnerability when we when we say we want all these benefits that having a they you know, expire full very fun- quickly. Yeah, it expires very the quickly. The axle in your because- combine is going to last for decades, but the software is going to poop out, right? That's I think, and we, even the and even the the hardware stuff that can't be updated in your combine that that yeah. go, is compatible with that software that outdates, well, becomes outdated very quickly. And so I think the other part of this too is like, 
maybe we should be more comfortable with going without some of that stuff so we aren't set into such a vulnerable spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, so so then it is it does make sense to use a combine for 15 harvests instead of yeah. instead of only, you know, seven I be, I imagine I would imagine most most farmers mid uh, you know, mid-sized farmers today in today's standards a couple thousand acres maybe. I bet most of those guys hold on to the same combine for I would say five to ten years. I don't. I I couldn't speak to that. I know several of the farmers around here don't. Um, yeah, and maybe not. And we don't. We don't even mess with. We hire out combining our beans because we've got combines that could do it. But it, you know, there there's a lot of wear and tear when you're yeah. going through that much tonnage of just material, raw material. Right. And but that's where where it's kind of tricky. I know that probably. Besides farmers, probably the other big party that's pushing the right to repair are third-party companies saying like, "Yo, John Deere's charging you hundred thousand dollars for that software. We could build it for ten thousand and charge you twenty-five thousand. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there, there's these third-party. But as long as John Deere has a monopoly, but then it's hard because they built the thing, you know. Right. And yeah. so, it's it, so it's like, but then the person bought it. But then did they buy the software? Did they buy the um, intellectual property? And John Deere can like legally they can wrap that IP into how the combine works. So they could say, yeah, you can go without our software, but then your combine won't work. Yeah. And I, and like you said, running to the government as a big brother, it's just, it's a lesser option than voting with our dollar and saying, no, we're okay without those features until you figure out how to price those features better and give us a little more right. control. Somehow make we'll it, without yeah. Somehow make it, make it more fair. You know, we don't think that there should be a law made against John Deere like a lot of people are calling for. I think that that's yeah, that's not that's not achieving what getting your other bigger brother to fight your battles doesn't make you stronger, doesn't give you more power. So, yeah, wow. Uh, I almost want to apologize because Ken and I were just talking like we should be more forward in this podcast. In the podcast, and here we are, and now I feel bad about it. <laughs> but, <laughs> man, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget our presenting sponsor, Hoxie Native Seeds, our uh, good friend Dad, who is recording a new episode one. Yeah, new episode one. The the beginning because the audio was so bad in the first one. So we're going to reta ask this story. We're going to have him tell it again. We know more details so we can draw it out more. I hope you guys are excited. We got, we've got podcast galore coming up uh second half of January. Yeah, we're and in our February. podcast in time of year. Yep. Too cold. It's to our second, and it's our second else. year and it's our second year of doing it. So we, you know, we're going to have it. We're going to have a ton backlog. So that way we hopefully don't have such a dry spell for you. later in the year during our time of year when we can't record as much you guys are going to love it so if this made a difference for you or you're excited for any of the new ones share a podcast that's the biggest way to to make change is to help educate other people and uh, I believe that we uh, have good ideas and and are worth sharing so share uh, the podcast and uh, if you care uh, give us a review a little little subscribe uh, five star. If, if it's not five star, just don't put it on like the podcast review thing. Just send us an email and tell us why it's not five star and we'd be happy to make some changes if need be. But, uh, all right. Tangent. You guys are probably at, uh, done with your coffee time and, and at work already. So 